my goodness. I am so excited to be back with you today, Thursday. Oh my goodness. Can you believe October is almost over? I can't believe it. Wow. So here we are, episode seven of Leadership. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. So today, guys, we're going to talk about forgiveness and unconditional love. Okay. So I've gotten some feedback over the last few weeks about my story and some of the things I shared and some of the people in my life and how I can even be in relationship with some of these people and that kind of thing. And so I thought it was important for me to come to you and chat with you about forgiveness. And so today we're going to talk about forgiveness, forgiveness first for ourselves, talk a little bit about compassionate, what's called compassionate self-forgiveness. Okay. And then we're going to talk about forgiveness of others and some unconditional love and what that means. Okay. So my friends, we know that I've experienced some stuff and I know so many of you have also experienced some serious stuff, uh, where you've been hurt by other people. Maybe you hurt yourself. And so let's talk about how to move through this with as much grace and ease and love as possible. Because what I don't want you guys to be doing is trying to heal and shift through and just this heaviness is there. This hardness is there. This pain and suffering is there, which really comes from a holding of very negative, heavy thoughts about ourself or about others. And the releasing of these thoughts. So let's talk about forgiveness of self. And so I'll share with you a couple of stories I didn't share in my first story. Having had the experience that I had and being the drug addicted young mama that I was, there are a few, there's lots of things I've done in my life that I'm absolutely not proud of. And a lot of things that when I think back to those times really caused me some sorrow and some pain in my heart and an opportunity for me to forgive myself. Even the word of God talks about that. How dare we ask God to forgive us and he forgives us and then we don't forgive ourselves. Like we must forgive ourselves. We must forgive ourselves, or there's no real healing that ever takes place. Anything that comes on top of unforgiveness just is not true. It just is not true. And it won't hold. It won't stay. It won't become permanent because whatever you're holding underneath that, that foundation of unforgiveness will always creep up, back up. It's always going to creep back up. Okay. So let's talk about compassionate self-forgiveness. Compassionate self-forgiveness I learned while going through Inspire Leadership Academy. I mentioned Inspire Leadership Academy so much that I would like to share with you how to reach out to Tracy and inquire about Inspire Leadership Academy. Um, you can just go to her website, inspireleadershipacademy.com. 
All her contact information and the way to register is right there. She also has this amazing if because uh, she only holds a couple of Inspire Leadership Academies each year. Okay. And so if you're not able to get registered because it's full, it's happening right now. So there's no openings at the moment. Tracy has some amazing opportunities to join her membership to get these tools and resources without having to wait until you get into Inspire Leadership Academy. So if you're like me and you're chomping at the bit to get some resources and tools in your tool in your toolbox, reach out. Get that, get that information. You will thank me later. I promise. <laughs> Just like I thank my dear friend that um, ushered me into it. So let's talk about compassionate self-forgiveness. Compassionate self-forgiveness is where I come in and actually share my story. And so you guys have heard my story. If you haven't, go back to episode one. It's a little over an hour. Take the time to listen. You can have that understanding. So let's go back. I'm a young mom. I am coming off of drugs. I am pregnant with Jaden. Okay. I have little Angelica and my sweet girl. If you're listening to this, I love you so much. Whew. I'm reminding myself right now that this is my purpose to share and to be authentic and vulnerable. And so here we go. There's a moment where I am withdrawing from methamphetamine and I am angry and impatient. I have a roommate during this time. Thank God for her. Her name was Rose and she would help me take care of Angelica and dress her and bathe her and all that kind of stuff. Well, one particular day she was not there and Angelica's just being two. She's just being a two-year-old and she's making noise and she's, um, I decide to give her a bath. She's in the bath and she's splashing and I just react and I grab the toilet bowl brush and I just smack her in the back and I hit her really hard with it. And all of a sudden I see these little like pinholes from the toilet bowl brush have entered her little baby back and she's got, she's bleeding. And then she continues to, she comes out of the bath and she's just being too. And she's playing and I'm getting angrier and angrier to the point where I call my mom and we don't have an awesome relationship, but I tell her mama, I am terrible. I'm a terrible mother. I need you to come get Angelica. I am being terrible to her. I can't control myself. Yeah. And she didn't come and get her. And so it's just her and me. And I'm screaming at her and she does not understand what's going on. And this is probably the worst thing I could possibly think of that I've ever done in my life. That night I get a phone call from my friend, somebody who I thought was my friend, and he is stuck out like a hundred miles away. I don't, I don't know how many miles, but it was a pretty long drive, like a hundred miles away, let's just say. And I'm living in Tucson. I decided it's a really great idea to leave my baby girl at night. And so I leave her 
in the apartment. I she's sleeping on the couch and I make sure she's got pillows underneath her that if she were to fall off the couch, she's going to hit something soft and I leave her asleep and I leave. And while I'm gone, the first part of when I'm gone, I'm just not even really thinking about her. Okay. And then I'm coming back and I'm starting to think about the worry about what if my neighbors, what if she tried to leave and my neighbors see her? What if CPS is there and going to take my kid? And what if the police are there? And what if she's dead? Or what if all these things, right? So there we are. I go back and she's perfectly sound. She's sleeping on the couch. Thank God, by the grace of God, she's totally fine. And we are there. Well, this is something that just keeps coming up. As you can see, as I began to talk about it, it causes me almost physical pain when I think about the way I behaved with her. And so that can keep me very stuck, very stuck in things like coping, in um, numbing myself, more drug addiction, more drinking, eating, Whatever is going to keep me numbing that feeling and that thought when it comes up, okay? And so I held my, I held some very heavy thoughts that I am very bad and very wrong. And I am just a terrible person, just a terrible person to have even done that. And a lot of, proving myself to not be that person. Okay. A lot of behavior to prove that I'm not that person. The reality is, is I was that person. That's the reality. I did that behavior. I behaved that way and I caused that pain. That's the reality. Okay. And I can't escape that no matter what I do, I can't escape it. And so I can choose to work with that or not. And in order for me to heal and have full healing and to ensure that she is loved and she gets what she needs moving forward and she herself can heal and she herself doesn't do that to my grandbabies and recreate a cycle. I got to do the work. Okay. I got to create that ripple effect or I'm choosing to, I don't gotta, I'm choosing to, because I want my family to grow. I want my family to heal. I want this to be the buck stops here. All this behavior, all this trauma, all this line of abuse. I want it to stop here. So I'm choosing to do the work. And what that work looks like is forgiving myself. I have asked God to forgive me. God has forgiven me. I now need to forgive myself. And so compassionate self-forgiveness for, so anytime I have got judgment that rises up that says I'm a bad or wrong mom, or I'm still that woman who did those things to my baby girl, then I've got a job to do. And my job is to be aware of the judgment that I'm holding, let it out, release that out, whether it be journaling or just speaking, I'm judging myself for, or I'm judging myself as. So I was judging myself for abusing my daughter and I am judging myself as a bad mom. I am judging myself for uh, being uh, an addict 
and I'm judging myself as not deserving of anything good. Okay, because that's really what it comes when I break it all the way down and get into the nitty gritty into the foundation of where all this comes from. Choosing an action that I did that night, that particular day, because I've whatever I was experiencing then gives me this foundational belief that I am not deserving of anything good in my life ever again. That just is going to create and perpetuate more of that negative behavior. So it doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work. So then every time that pops up, I go, okay, here we are, just like it did at the beginning of this podcast, as I'm sharing that story. Okay, I can feel that coming up. That I'm a bad mom. And I don't deserve anything. And so just to state, I am judging myself as bad and wrong. I am judging myself for doing that. And once I am ready to experience the shift, then putting my hands over my heart space, closing my eyes, getting home to myself, letting myself be open to having connection with my higher power, with God, with the things that I know that fill me. And then I forgive myself for judging myself as or for I forgive myself for judging myself as a bad mom. I forgive myself for hurting my baby girl. Forgive yourself today. Please forgive yourself. Release yourself from the bondage of judgment. Release yourself. Release yourself. Then to continue forward, as you know, my story, I have some work to do on forgiveness of others. Okay. My first job is working on myself. Then I can go external to others and almost, and here's the miraculous thing that begins to happen when we really begin to release that judgment and that unforgiveness we're holding towards ourselves the grace that comes with being able to forgive others because we've given ourselves that compassion and grace. Wow. Hallelujah. Miracles, miracles begin to happen. Okay. Things begin to release. You will get opportunities for these people to rise up in your life so that you can practice this forgiveness. And so something that really helps me understand forgiveness is this idea of resentment. Okay. Resentment is when we've had an expectation, like my, I had an expectation for my mom to take care of me and protect me. And she went against that expectation. I got abused. Okay. She didn't hear me. She didn't see me. All those things. So then I built up some resentment and out of everybody in my life, my father, my stepfather, my, all the people I've had the most practice with my mama. Because for some reason, I held the most hate towards her, the most judgment towards her, because I wanted her so badly. I wanted her so much. I wanted her time. I wanted to smell her. I wanted to be near her. I wanted to hug her when she would leave at night after she got a divorce from my dad. I can remember 
going into her, I beg her not to leave. I would beg her not to leave. I beg her, please stay home. She wouldn't stay home. So then I just wanted to be with her. And so I would go lay on her bed and she'd have her shirt or dress or whatever there. And I would hug it and smell her and sob uncontrollably because I just miss my mama. And so I had some mama issues. I had some mama issues going on that I needed to work on healing. And so the first step towards that is understanding where what's there. Okay. Having the awareness that something is there. And then the willingness to work with it, the willingness to release it. And so there's a quote by the Buddha that he says, holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. Hmm. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. Ah, very interesting. And I can, as I let this go into me, I can totally see all the ways in my life in which holding on to that deep seated resentment and unforgiveness is causing some pain and suffering in my own self. It's causing me to get burned. That's the thing you guys is holding on to that. There's no, uh, beautiful thing that ever comes from it. There's no justification. There's no justice. There's no freedom. There's no releasing. There's just continuation of pain, suffering, and trauma when we hold on to these things. And so I've been able to work with this. And one of the best ways that has been for me to work on this is one, I was given a recommendation because I was having a very, very hard time dealing with forgiveness with my dad. And my dad was getting ready. He was on his way to uh, a nursing home and he was having his leg amputated and is pretty elderly. And I was getting ready to go visit him for the first time in 22 years. And I really wanted to forgive him, but I was really, really angry with him. He still exhibited a lot of the same behaviors he had in the past, still very angry, still very not kind guy, that kind of thing. And so I, I was given the recommendation to get a picture of him as a little child. And I had pictures of him as a little boy. And so I pulled a picture of my dad out and began to practice forgiveness of him. Uh, forgiveness with regard to the judgments I was holding, the expectations that I had that he did not meet, all those things. And I began to see, oh, I can see the ways in which I understand where he was coming from. Not that it was acceptable or right or anything like that, but I could begin to develop compassion and understanding for where he was when he committed those things, when he behaved in those ways. I can then work on forgiveness for him by looking at that picture and then move on to him then and him as an adult and forgiving him. And it's a process. It's a practice that I still have to work toward and still or want to work toward and still grow that forgiveness muscle inside of me. With my mom as well, working toward having the compassion and understanding about where they came from, what was going on in their life and their mind and their heart, what happened to them as children, 
And I can see how had I also been presented with those same situations and the very same parenting she received, the very same childhood she had, the very same life she led, how I could be the same way. That's the thing. Like that's then this opens this huge door up to humanity in general. And the idea that we have crime and we have homelessness and we have uh, abuse and we have child abuse and we have all these things. And the thing is, you guys, is, and I'm not saying it's right or for, you know, it's that it's somehow acceptable. But what I do know for sure is that had I too been presented with the same life, the same raising, the same parents, the same family, the same circumstances as people do, then I too would be in that scenario. Okay. And so then it ushers in this compassion and ability for me to forgive others. Remembering to forgive myself first. Okay. Because it was because of the life, the childhood I had and the life that I had and the choices I made and the choices people made in my life that brought me to that space of complete and total overwhelm and complete and total uh, surrendering to what I knew best, which was violence at that point with my own baby girl. Okay. I know more now and I do more now. So I do better now. Okay. That's the thing. We are all doing the very best we can do with the tools and resources we have up until this point. Okay. We are all doing the very best we know how to do. Forgive, release resentment first for yourself, then for everybody else. And I'll leave you with this quote by Marianne Williamson that says, the way of the miracle worker is to see all human behavior as one of two things. It is either love or it is a call for love. And so I invite each and every one of you to examine your life, to examine the feelings you're feeling. Maybe there's judgments you're holding. Maybe there's resentments you have still in your heart. Just remember Whatever that person did or whatever you did, it was either a call for love or it was love. Until next time, everyone, I pray you have a most amazing week and let love lead you this week.